Hey game friends, GM John here. After the bomb, Pursuit of Knowledge is a crazy, furry, post-apocalyptic, sapient animal role-playing game, and the podcast may contain some themes or content that may be unsuitable for some listeners, so listener discretion is definitely advised. Specific content warnings for all Real Play Games podcast episodes will be listed in each episode's description. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Real Play Games podcast, a podcast where I, your game master, John, run my friends through a bunch of tabletop role-playing games, some of them very popular and some of them quite obscure. With me, as always, of course, I have my regular group of friends. We're actually going to be going into our sixth episode of After the Bomb, Pursuit of Knowledge. After the Bomb is a post-apocalyptic furry animal role-playing game produced by Palladium Books. If you want to know more about After the Bomb role-playing game or any of the other of the Megaverse of Palladium's role-playing systems, feel free to check them out at www.palladiumbooks.com. With me, as always, again, I have my friends. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with Rue on the introductions. Rue, how you doing today? Doing good. I'm Rue. I play Fly Moons, your catnip-addicted cat person with a sniper's eye. And this is Obi. I play Mr. Arlo Diggs, military person who can handle the radios and a shotgun. I'm Ames. I play Baranosi, our black bear mechanic and connection to the academic underground. And I'm Harm. I play Liblet Thumblejump, a pack rat frog chimera who's an armorsmith and doesn't really help out much in other ways. <laughs> she occasionally armorsmiths. <laughs> I've uh, prepared two suits of armor, and I think that's all the successes I've had so far. So, you've been charming the boss that we met. <laughs> Being attempted to be charmed by the boss, I don't think Livlet's done a single charming thing. <laughs> <laughs> she hides, she stammers, and she shoots poorly. It's all the what? qualities you want in a woman. She's mysterious. <laughs> Speaking of the boss, we're actually going to go ahead and toss it over to Paulicent, Polly Transportatore, for the catch-up on what happened in last week's adventure, or last two weeks ago's adventure. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can tell everybody what happened. So apparently, them folks was having some trouble with their, tr like, their transmission and, like, some other parts on their truck. They're, like, involved in some kind of academic thing. I didn't really get to hear too much about it. But, like, they come rolling in, and we signaled them. We was like, hey, we're in trouble. They saw the whole part of Lancaster that ended up getting bombed by all them crazy human fanatics. So we ended up coming to an arrangement where they was going to help us flush out some of them Empire Humanity folks while the rest of them ended up helping our caravan guys out get to a bit of a safer spot. And we're actually going to end up going back to the caravan to see where they've ended up at. All right. Well, thanks, Paul. I guess that's a, kind of a weird summation, but it'll do for now, I suppose. We are going to go back to Bara and Arlo, who are currently guiding the caravan, and they are driving currently over the plants that had tried to attack members of the caravan previously in <laughs> the truck that they currently have. 
Aura, you notice up ahead there is what looks like a bunch of coverings that might give you some protection from being seen. It looks like a bunch of, maybe they'd been canopies at some point or another, but they're covered in grass and other things that have just grown up over top of them. It looks like a pretty good place for you folks to pull over for now without being very visible from the air or the ground. I'm going to direct everybody to head over there. And does it look like it needs help to cover things more? I mean, it certainly wouldn't hurt your chances if you tried to get some folks working on camouflaging some things. I mean, between the truck and the number of carts they have being pulled by beetles, it's, you know, a fairly large set of targets. I ask if anyone's good at that because I'm not. (laughs) Well, I'm reasonably good at it, at least to have some of the skill. So, Okay, Arlo, why don't you go ahead and give me a check real quick to see if you can help some of the mooks that came along with you figure out what they're doing. My dice really have to stop rolling 80. So no, it's 87 against 31. All right, yeah, you start grabbing some older brush, but they start pulling out newer grass and layering it on top of things. And when you bring your handful of stuff over, a squirrel kind of shakes his head and he just points to like an area where they're piling up grass. He's like, yeah, use that instead. And if you could see a honey badger blushing in embarrassment, I'm, <laughs> I've been embarrassed at what I'm supposed to be good at <laughs> this time. <laughs> and Liblet knows how that feels. Go ahead, give me a percentile die roll. Let's say Bara, because you're probably the one that's closer to the truck out of the two of you since you were the one driving it. Uh, 38. 38. You barely catch this because you're kind of trying to help everybody else out as little as you know how to do. You're mainly just grabbing big swaths of grass and ripping it out of the ground to make coverage. You hear the radio going off inside of the truck. Okay. I signal to Arlo or call to him quietly. I also have radio communication, so I can step in to answer it. Whichever you want to do. Arlo sees a little preoccupied working with the rest of them, so you'd have to call him out if he wanted to get his attention. I'll just answer it. I'll even give you a 10% bonus on this, because this is a now that you've seen how to work it, you know how to use the unit a little better. Is the possum helping with the building stuff? Piero's not here. When did he leave us? You're not certain. Hmm. Well, thanks to that 10%, I got it. 68 out of 75. Okay, you fiddle around with it. You haven't played with it nearly as much as Arlo has. So you're kind of like, am I doing the right thing? But finally, at the last moment, you get it. Oh my God, Is, is, is anybody on this line? And you recognize that this is set to one of the frequencies that the AU uses. I'm going to answer and... I'm here. This is Bara out of Cambridge. You you hear like muffled talking in the background. You hear Bara? Oh my God, Bara, we're waiting for you. We 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 knew that somebody was going to come get us. You said you're out of Cambridge. Yeah, is this Gabriella? Oh no, no, this is Lavinia. Uh, Gabriella didn't make it. Over. I'm so bad with radios. I'm sorry. I can't help myself. If anybody's a big radio stickler, you're just going to have to deal with a little bit of fantasy in your world. (laughs) Barra kind of takes a minute to digest that. And then, yeah, Lavinia, we're we're here. We came to help you. We're just kind of in the middle of a situation right now. Does, Does it have something to do with the explosions? Yes. It's the Empire of Humanity, and we're 
currently helping the rodent cartel to hopefully drive them off. Where are you? Well, hold on. That's a lot to process. We're actually over at the old college. We were That's where we were trying to locate in the first place, but we ended up running into a problem. These things are crazy. There's huge wasps over here. Are they currently attacking you? They're riled up right now because of the bombings. Normally, they're pretty good at night. They don't usually come out at nighttime so we can kind of move around. But our truck's totally destroyed. I was only able to get this radio working with pretty much spit and glue. Our radio guy is dead, Bletchley. Okay, stand by. (laughs) Bara sets the radio down for a minute and hollers for Arlo. Then she explains the situation and asks him, should we try to go help Lavinia now or should we stay here? They wanted us here to protect these guys. But if they're hiding, or do we keep on with everybody and head to the old college? The goal, right, was to get the caravan to a shelter place away from the main fighting. Right, but they also wanted us to protect them in case the fighting came this way. Are we headed in the direction of the college? Correct. You can tell just based on the map from where you're located. I mean, you don't have a precise idea as to where you're located at, but you think the area that you had been in was an area that had been called the Riverview Cemetery. Does the caravan have kids? No, there are no children in this caravan. Good to know. Yeah, because they're scavenging. They're doing out for a still run. I would hope they wouldn't send children. Yeah, it looks like where they are located based relative to where you're located. It looks like you're maybe a mile out still from where this college that they seem to have found is located based on the map that you have. You'd be going quite a far away from your friends. Ah, I'm pulled and they don't know what to do. It's a Kobayashi Maru. Okay, I'm going to get back on the radio with Lavinia and tell her that we're working to stop the bombings and for everyone to fortify as best they can where they are away from the wasps and that we'll be there as soon as we can. Roger that. I mean, we've been here for a while now. Bletchley and Graciela, they've both been dead for weeks. We got stuck in here. We've been living off of these fruits that we found inside. They're huge. They're like the size of a house. Can anyone talk to insects? One of the teamsters kind of raises their hand. He's like, I mean, like, I can talk to them, but, like, I usually just do that with the beetles. That's kind of my job. But, like, yeah, I, I kind of know how. Really, <laughs> I mean, like, if anything, Polly's really way better at it. That kid's a natural. Do you talk to wasps, or could you talk to wasps? Oh, I mean, I suppose I could try. I mean, it's not really something I'd be looking forward to, but, you know, if, if it don't work, I guess we're all in a lot of trouble, right? Yeah. Yeah. The The rest of the guys, they're they're not, and ladies, sorry, you know, but, like, I, I don't think the Beatles will get too riled up as long as they don't end up dropping bombs near here. So, like, if you need me to go with you, I can. That sounds pretty good, I think. Uh... Is there anyone else here who can work a radio they kind of look between them. a couple of them kind of nod okay arlo can you give them a crash course on ours because i've got a battery powered radio receiver and then they could at least tell us if something's happening back here and in the meantime we could head off to help lavinia and in theory keep in touch enough to know if we need to rush back this way 
All right. Yeah, that sounds good. I show them where the radio and its knobs are. I feel yeah, like this they, is a horrible idea, but I don't know what else to do. They kind of oh. seem to be able to figure out what's going on, but you're not sure if they totally get it. You're pretty sure that both of you know how to use them better than they do. I think it still might help us to keep in touch with them anyway. So you're is you're going to leave the vehicle there and well, head is it on faster foot? to what's the terrain like like if we took the truck would it just mess it up even further or would it be faster to take one of the carts and beetles you see enough roads that are still extant that you think you might be able to navigate your way over there i mean it would definitely be less dangerous to go on foot but you're also both very slow yeah (laughs) we'll take the truck um and arlo if you'll sit up in the turret okay hopefully see anything coming should we switch and leave the receiver with them so they can hear us i assume a receiver doesn't let them actually send correct it just gets the signal it doesn't let them send one out do flares exist do i have any flares they have some flares okay Um, so I'm going to leave him instructions to send a flare up only in extreme emergency because that can also draw people to their position, but that we'll keep an eye out for it. And I'll leave the radio receiver with them so we can let them know if we see the flare, should they happen to send one up and we can take care of it. Okay. So you're going to head out in the vehicle? Yes. We're going to go ahead and shift back over to Liblet and Bly. All right. So we're in the middle of a battle, right? No, you are at the end of a battle. Nice. I mean, That's- at this point, there's four of you and one person on the ground who's still alive. And with another bolt of lightning that comes out of his outstretched hands, Mr. X incinerates that. <laughs> Wait, didn't the opossum guy want to keep one of the humans alive? He did. But you noticed that Piero is nowhere to be found. Huh, I guess he went with Bara. They could use the extra hand anyway. But if we can, Liblet's going to turn to Polly and go, um, the possum we came with, if we can keep one person alive, he'll really appreciate that. They killed his lady or took her. I forget his story. That's out of character, not as Liblet. <laughs> it I would be even funnier her. if it was in character. They killed her, right? No, she has gone missing. Yeah, they took his lady. You see, Polly becomes incredibly serious looking for a moment. Not that he wasn't before. He's He seems kind of afraid of this whole situation. He's like, nobody should ever end up taking somebody's woman or, or man, you know, or anything like that. That's terrible. And he reaches out and he pats you on the shoulder, Liblet. Okay. He seems to think maybe you're upset. <laughs> hey, I don't think she could smile, but, you know, she pats him back. Has she cell read him yet? She cell reads everybody, doesn't she? Yeah, pretty much on contact. Yeah, so he is 100% brown rat. Okay. And, you know, 75% human. So he's 175%. Nice. That's a good number to be. And you know one thing strikes you immediately about him. He may be the most fertile creature that you've ever met in your (laughs) entire life. There is no person that you've ever used your cell reading ability on who can reproduce that he could not theoretically reproduce with, including you. I think that's going to be very shocking to her because frack rats don't really breed with not frack rats because of the whole, what do I call them? Sprayers and layers. (laughs) 
relationship they have. Um, so I think she's going to be so shocked. She's going to be like, we could have babies. He looks startled when you say that. And you don't know how to really quantify the expression that he gets on his little rat face. He puts a, a hand up to his forehead for a moment. He's like, wow, it's getting really warm in here. Gosh. Um, and he looks away from you. But his aura, if you were to look at it just by chance, it looks like somebody threw a rainbow on top of this guy. He is just overwhelmed. He's feeling a lot of emotions. And you know, some of them are love desire, yearning, also confusion, reticence. Livlet doesn't know what to do with that. <laughs> that that's a lot. She doesn't... Well, she just... I, you immediately know. It's It really seems like this rat has the hots for Livlet. She pats his hand, and I don't know what they're supposed to be doing right now, so she's going to probably turn to fly and on a private channel. She can do that, right? <laughs> sure, like... Yes. She's going to be like, you can have babies with Mr. X. <laughs> babies with anyone. They start looting the corpses, by the way. Oh, yeah, I'll go out. Lilith's going to keep guard. Watch. She doesn't trust. I mean, dogs travel in packs, and packs sometimes are bigger than you expect. So she's going to keep watch while they're looting. Okay, well, that's excellent. I was waiting to see who was going to be doing that or not doing that. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Liblet. Even though it's really distant, you hear multiple gunshots. It's not from the direction that we're trying to lure them to or from a different direction? It's from a different direction. If the group that went off with the carts went off to the west, you folks went off to the northeast. This noise is coming from the northwest a good distance away, at least like over a thousand feet away from what you can tell. You just happen to be the one person that was really paying attention to the situation who noticed it. Bly is probably too busy stripping bodies and perhaps taking a bite. Making sure that no one else gets more of treasure than him. (laughs) I don't know if you'll see if they have any explosives. Ooh, do they have any explosives? Well, I can certainly tell you what they are carrying. Pocket full of dynamite? (laughs) That's all I want. I want dynamite. I want more dynamite. (laughs) You just want more dynamite so you can have an even number. Yes, I'm at nine. I need ten. Okay, so they do not have explosives. <laughs> Each of them is carrying the following. All three have assault rifles on them. They look like the same type of gun. It looks like they're just assigned them. Their body armor has been, for the most part, ruined. Although you can hear something Bly being shouted into the ear of one of their helmets. Ooh, I'm gonna... Pick that up and put it on. Liblet's going to point in the direction of the gunshots and let everyone know she heard gunshots that way. Mr. X looks in the direction of the gunshots and kind of moves towards Polly T again and hovers around him. Not literally hovering, just stands real close to him. Polly T, for his part, grabs a revolver off of one of the dead bodies and kind of spins it to check to see how many bullets are in there. And then says, I mean, do you want to go check it out or... Yeah, she wants to check it out because she's like, somebody else might need help. Bly, you can definitely make it faster than anybody else. It would only take you half as long to get there as the rest of the group because they're all on foot. And not that fast. Liblet is second fastest out of this group. (laughs) Almost as good as a cat. But as we're going, I'll be like, we don't need more babies. I've been thinking about it. (laughs) Like, it comes back to, oh, wait, we don't need babies. 
I mean, everybody needs and doesn't need a baby at the same time. It's too dangerous. That's very true. Babies are dangerous. So why don't you both give me another prowl check while you're coming up on this situation? As we discuss babies and how dangerous they are, he's like, I could take on so many babies. They're not dangerous. They're not dangerous. I did not do well. I got a 62 out of 30. (laughs) And a 92. Once again, the two of you are distracted while trying to sneak with the others who are sneaking very quietly. It appears like Polly T is actually really good at sneaking, too. Little <laughs> doesn't sneak in her normal... She's a, she's a warrior. I have invisibility. Why would I sneak? <laughs> well, the reason that you would probably want to like learn how to sneak is because... We're bad at it. Invisible though you might be, you step on a large pile of dried twigs and leaves and it crunches heavily under your foot as you're sneaking up onto a clearing. In it, you can see there appears to be a fight going on currently and one of the fighters you know. It is Piero and he is currently smashing the head of one of the canines that he is fighting with into the ground with his baseball bat. The other two have apparently discarded their guns and are closing in on him. One of them has a really weird-looking mace. It's like, It looks like a baton, but it's got little prongs on it, and you see little sparks coming off of the end of it. And the other one is carrying two very large knives. Huh. Um, well, I think oh, we have to help him. Would I have been able to collect my arrow from that one, that guy? No, your arrow would have been destroyed by the explosion that happened. Down nine arrows. She'll give him an arrow. No, she doesn't have any. She has crossbow bolts. Sorry. I'm going to shoot. Okay, yeah, well, they, gonna... they notice you, so we're going to go to initiative for this one. That's just a d20 plus zero. Mm. Four. Eighteen. I should have gotten my assault rifle. But I can't shoot them. So as you see this seed unfolding, Piero leaps off of the one that he was beating into the ground with the baseball bat, and he tries to drop kick another one of them. He leaps up and does like a flying front kick right into their face. Yeah, and Piero kicks them right in the face. You hear like a popping sound as he jumps up and kicks this one dog in the face. Go Piero. I'ma shoot. With your arrows? With my arrows. Which one are you shooting at? The one that is currently not being attacked. Okay, that would be the one that's carrying the mace. The mace guy. That is a 19. He's aware of your presence, but can't really dodge an arrow getting shot that fast. He just doesn't have the time. 5, 4 is 9, plus 3 is 13. Wait, 12. (laughs) You shoot him right in the chest, right over where his vest stops, like right in the collarbone area. And he groans in pain as he staggers back a step. That opens up a little bit of a hole for Mr. X (laughs) to take a shot. Another beam of electricity leaps from his outstretched fingers. What is he? Amazing. No, I don't know what he is. Maybe he's he's a human. Oh, Like Jason Voorhees. Remember that easy human we killed? It slams into the side of the canine soldier and you smell cooked meat, but the soldier staggers sideways and is still on their feet somehow. He moves in and swings the mace down at Piero. 
Oh my god. Unfortunately, due to the amount of pain he is in, as he swings the mace down, he's just six inches off where he should have been, and Piero leans back slightly to avoid it. <laughs> I rolled a natural one. Ooh. The other dog, armed with the pair of knives, he tries to, a double thrust directly at Piero. Piero manages to turn one aside with one of his hands. He grabs the guy's wrist, but he gets stabbed with the other one. Liblet. So how many enemies are left? There's two of them, right? There's two of them. The one that he had been bashing into the ground with a baseball bat is apparently no more. Not fighting anymore. Yeah, unconscious or dead. You're not sure which. She's going to shoot at the one that just tried to attack Piero. The one with the knives? Yeah. Okay. Or in 22? Yeah. You just, you shoot him dead in like under the armpit. He doesn't die, but (laughs) roll damage. I mean, you shoot him dead as in you hit him completely. And that was an armor-piercing crossbow bolt. Okay. I mean, you avoided his armor anyway, but it would have gone through regardless. And that's only for 11 points of damage. Okay, so you shoot him again underneath the armpit, and he's got an arrow sticking out of his side. As Piero kicks at him again, he throws a snap kick up. And I'm cranking another armor-piercing bolt on. (laughs) Piero leaps up and headbutts him in the side of the head, and the guy goes down. Nice. I rolled a natural 20, and he has knocked <laughs> out without call on an automatic 20. I think Piero's been the luckiest combatant that we've had. Yeah, I mean, well, he's really good at fight. Yeah. He is not good at many other things, but he is good at fight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want Livlet going up against him. Yeah. Fly, it's your turn. There is only one combatant left that you have to be concerned about at the moment. Yeah, shoot him. <laughs> You're just going to knock another arrow? Yep. Natural 20. Ah! Nice. Wow. I guess he's not coming in alive. All right, I'm going to let you folks know right now, these combats were supposed to be hard on the last this episode and last <laughs> episode, but I guess that's just not going to happen. <laughs> Did I roll the crit to confirm that, or does it? Confirm? Oh, there's no crit confirmation. If you roll a nat twenty, you get double damage. All right. So do I roll it, or just double the roll? You the you roll. double whatever you end up rolling. Five plus three is eight. Sixteen. Sixteen. Yes. You you hit this guy again just about an inch away from the spot that you had hit him in before. He's got two arrows about the same depth sticking out of his collarbone, and they're dangerously close to his heart. Like nice <laughs> clustering. <laughs> yeah, Mr. X fires off another energy blast. The guy sees this one coming and tries to like throw himself in the dirt. It's a great Dane, by the way. Oh, no. All legs. The dodge was unsuccessful. Maybe he has a slight tinge of hip dysplasia and it threw it off. Oh, no. <laughs> His chest explodes as the bolt of energy hits him. My arrows. Piero, are you okay? Piero has a couple of injuries. You can see that this, the right side of his face has a big old lump on it. Well, I mean... I guess I shouldn't have gone off by myself, but I figured, 
you know, I, I needed to get a little bit of steam out and I probably could have handled all three of these eggheads, but I'm certainly glad that all of my friends decided to come and uh, come see how I was doing. Can she uh, doctor up his wounds? She's got first aid. He waves you away. He lifts up the little jacket that he's wearing. You can see where the knife caught him. It's just like a tiny trickle of blood. Nice armor. Um, she's going to thank Mr. X and Polly T for helping out. Rescuing and yeah, she's going to retrieve her armor piercing bolt if she can. You managed to get the armor piercing bolts back. And she's going to also uh, introduce Polly T and Mr. X to Piero. They kind of look between one another. Mr. X spends more time looking at Piero than Polly T does for a certain. Polly T's attention once again, Liblet, turns more back to you. Oh, I have the, I have the radio. What do I hear on it? Yeah, he took the radio yeah. from the guy we killed. You hear Theta Squad, come in. Theta Squad, over. Beta Squad, where are you? We need locations, over. Hmm. <laughs> I just had the most immature responses. I don't know how to operate a radio, so I can't. I don't know how to scramble radios. We'll have to switch your radio scrambler for something else if you don't have Radio Basic, because Radio Basic is a prerequisite for Radio Scrambler. Oh, okay. So we'd probably just want to switch it to Radio Basic instead. Okay. So technically, I guess you can use a radio. Yeah. Do you want to try and figure out how to use this one? Yes. Okay. Go ahead and give me a Radio Basic check. You will have, I believe, a 50% on it. Okay, because that radio scrambler is 40. Yeah, radio scrambler is a little more difficult to use than radio basic, so. 36. 36? You understand, based on that, that this has a built-in microphone on the inside of the helmet and a little earpiece where the radio makes contact, and you see a dial where you would just twist it to get the right frequency. Unfortunately, you're illiterate, so you don't know what numbers on the frequency mean. <laughs> You just know you have to twist it until you get the right sounds. Hey, I used yeah. to use radios before I knew how to read. Yeah, but could you go to the right channel? And you just spin it till you hit the right sound. That's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> you don't need to read. Reading for chumps. But Little yeah, you would you would understand how to operate this. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, oh, I can't speak. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's right. You don't have vocal cords that uh, work with human speech. You only have telepathy. Piero and Polly T can talk. They're the only ones in our group that can. Do I? Is there like a button to like uh, send a code to like be able to do like a, a tone button? There's one that you can press that will give you a tone. Yeah, it's mainly used for transmitting messages. You think when you can't speak. Uh, I'll Morse do code. I'll do two beeps. <laughs> You do two beeps? Yes. Yeah, when when you do that, you hear, Hey, who's dicking around on the line? <laughs> For in the distance, you hear, you hear some, it almost it sounds like it's reflective, but it's also on the radio. You hear, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> And then the line goes silent. I think I angered them. (laughs) (laughs) Cut back to Arlo, Bara, 
and guy whose name they don't know, but who can apparently communicate psionically with insects <laughs> heading towards the university. You know you're getting close. You can see the building in the distance, but you also see the problem in the distance. There are several flying insects that appear to be about the same size, roughly, as Bara, moving around and especially in front of the university in kind of like a search style pattern. Wait, they're my size? They're about your size, yes. Six and a half, maybe seven feet. And they have stingers on them that look like saber blades. I was thinking I was going to load sand shot. I don't think that's right now. (laughs) I asked the rat with us if he thinks he can try to talk to just one of them. He gives you a pretty incredulous look. He's like, uh, lady, I ain't really sure I'm going to be able to do nothing much here at all. Um, I did not know they were this big, nor how many of them they were. I mean, one of them stabbed one of my buddies to death, but like, I thought they was bees. Apparently they ain't bees. I mean, I can try. It didn't work so well last time. I was trying to kind of get like something going on and they just attacked the hell out of us. He's like, do you, do you want me to? I, I can use that gun that you got up top there. I know he how to chose, fire it. He chose now to disclose that. Right. He's like, I can try. It's worth a shot, right? I guess. Uh, why don't you get up in the turret, try, and if it doesn't work, you can open fire. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. And you see him. He climbs up very gingerly through the little hatch and shuts it. And you see him looking around. He starts connecting one of the belts to the gun just to make sure everything's set up. Because you guys never loaded it. You yeah, had it this whole time. thing to do. Yeah. You, you just had it sitting as a useless accessory on the top of your car. But I would have loaded that weapon. <laughs> <laughs> it's. It's Blythe's weapon. We all know that. That's why we don't touch it. (laughs) As you start getting closer and closer, one of these insects starts flying towards you. There's only, you think, maybe a half dozen flying around total, and they don't appear super agitated. It's just something's gotten their attention, and you assume it's the flames from a nearby building that got hit. Okay. Target that one. Okay, he's like, yeah, I mean, all right. He kind of yells through the hatch down to you. He's like, okay, I can do this. I got this. And as he starts, you you like, are you going to roll up to like a stop or? Yeah, I'm going to stop. Okay. It starts flying towards him. He's like, "Uh, hey, hey, Mr. Um, Wasp, what's up? What's going on? What's the, the whole problem here? It keeps flying closer, but it stopped when he started addressing it with speech. It's slowly flying closer now. He's like, oh, all right. Yeah, I mean, there ain't much we could do about that. Keep talking to it. It kind of listened. Yeah, um, no, I mean, uh, he's like, I don't know how well that's going to work. They don't want us here. Can you tell him that we'll make all the people go away if they'll let us? The wasp stops after he kind of explains the situation to it. And then it turns around and starts flying away. It appears to be heading towards, you can see one of the buildings near where the main college building is, has just huge amounts of brown substance covering it. It looks like a gigantic hive. And when I say gigantic, I mean multiple stories tall. 
As it goes buzzing over towards it, you can see a couple other ones exiting and joining the number that are out in the air. They don't come any closer, and it takes a while. But finally, the one that you assume, you, they all kind of look the same, comes flying back, and it just silently regards this guy. And he seems to be listening to it, and he goes, Oh, all right. Yeah, I mean, I don't personally have a problem with it, but, like, there's some people here who might get upset if you do that. Can we just, like, take them with us instead of worrying about this, and then there's no more problem? Because, like, if that's cool, then we're great. We don't have to have any kind of problems or nothing like that. Yeah, at this point, it doesn't move. It just kind of bobs its body a little bit. And as he's looking at it, he's like, oh, all right. He looks down through the hatch again, and he says, they want them two people who are locked up inside of the college to die. I mean, uh -oh. they didn't call it a college. I just know that that's like where they, you, you all said there's college over there. Yeah, they want to kill them. They said they've been stealing their stuff. What stuff? Because maybe we can replace it. The yummy stuff. I don't really get any more than that. They're not real great at descriptions. Oh, yeah. Didn't they say that a huge fruit they've been eating? <gasps> Yes. Tell, tell, tell the wasps we can make them stop eating it. And if there's anything they want in return for it, we can give them that. He starts relaying the message that you passed back to them. And once again, this wasp leaves for a little while and then comes back. It could be a different wasp for all you know that's coming back each time. But he sits there and appears to be, it's not really making any noise. You can't hear anything. He seems to be the only person that can interpret anything. All right. Yeah. I mean, I think that'll probably fly. They want meat. 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 Yeah. They want um, lots of meat. Hey. We can get meat. He kind of asked me pains with him for a moment. He's like, yeah, I mean, they just want meat. They said they want meat and they want blood. We will bring them meat and blood if they will let the two people inside the college go. He relays that back to them. And you see one more time that the bug flies off and another minute or so. He's like, this is getting real weird, guys. Just like inside <laughs> here. Well, I like instinctively where we're at suddenly is like, are my rations safe? <laughs> <laughs> And when the bug comes back the last time, the guy gets a weird smile on his face. He's like, all right, yeah, I mean, we'll make it quick, too. And then you see it flies back and all the drones that were kind of patrolling around just move away very slowly and head back closer to the hive. Most of them enter back inside, but a couple appear to be watching you. So I asked the rat guy if... They agreed and we can like, can our people come out first or do we have to bring them the food and the meat and blood first? He said they said that if they don't got at least twice as much meat as they was going to have from eating the two of them or taking them back to their hive or whatever. Once dawn comes, they're going to get the entire colony out and kill every two legs that they see out here. Probably all the insects, too. Like like all my little rhinos, they're going to be gone. OK, we can do this. I ask Arlo to radio Lavina and tell her it's safe to come out. Okay. Yeah, I get on it. I'm not going to make you make the check this time. You hear. Okay. Oh my God, they're gone. And you see shortly at you, like you hear a couple of noises and then you see two figures come running out of a building that you weren't necessarily certain they were at. The, the bugs were in between them and where you guys are located. 
and they sprint as fast as possible towards you. One, a younger-looking, tall black man who's carrying a bag in either hands, and the other one is a woman who's got almost coal-black skin and a bunch of feathers coming out of her elbows and knees, sprinting, and she's carrying a rifle. The two of them run to your position. They go, we gotta, we gotta get out of here. The, the guy says, yeah, we can't stick around. We're gonna get killed here. These things are gonna swarm us all. Yeah, so we're going to get you out of here, but then we got to come back with uh, meat as trade. They both give you very shocked looks. And now we're going to cut back to the other team again. Bly, you're the one that hears it first this time. And as you hear that, both Polly T and Mr. X turn and look back at the location they had been situated at previously, and then to each other. And Polly T goes, Somebody's setting off the mines. I want to see. Yeah, he's like, Well, come on, then let's go. A little bit goes with them, too. Yeah, you guys start <laughs> trucking off. And what you see when you get back to the camp is a little depressing. It looks like the two that had been stationed at the camp got hit, but at least one dog soldier ended up getting taken out by the mines. Dogs travel in packs. And it looks like three of the mines that were out scattered around have been detonated. Hmm. Yeah, I'm looking for an ambusher. Yeah. Give me a detect ambush roll. Did I roll detect traps or conceal? No. 64. Out of 30. You don't think that there's anything going on here. What you do notice that bothers you severely is when Polly T goes, somebody stole the rest of the mines. What? That's not good. So should I detect concealment or traps? (laughs) Will that let me see if there's mines that have been planted around us? You can try, yeah, go ahead and give me that one to see if they've been planted in the area. Seven out of 30. Seven? There are no traps planted in this area. I don't think they left them here. It looks like the mines may have been recovered by somebody who knew how to disarm demolitions. Somebody took them, but I don't think they're around here. Hmm. Do we see any tracks or anything like that? Give me a tracking roll. I can't. Uh-uh. I'm not a tracker. <laughs> I have tailing, but not track. I have wilderness survival. Unfortunately, no. Then none of you see any relevant tracks that you would need to be able to see to follow. Mr. X gives kind of a tiny shrug. I'm going to mess with the radio. See if I can pick up anything. Okay. Messing with the radio. You hear Alpha Team reporting in. We got two of the filthy little creatures, and we ended up stealing some of their ordnance. Looks like they're rodent cartel members. And then you hear, Roger that. We're going to go ahead and send in some heavier artillery, especially as it's getting a little bit later. We're going to sweep this place and get rid of all the gene trash that's piled up in here. Copy that. Alpha team out. Over. (laughs) That is what you hear on the helmet. I will double beep it again. Do you tell us about it? Oh, yeah, I'm like, I'll relate to you guys. And I go, oh, no, I won't double beat. I don't want them to know that I know. I guess I shouldn't do that. <laughs> we should probably get out of here if they're going to be bombing it, right? Probably. Yeah, I mean, I I certainly don't think it would be wise to stick around. Pero, for his part, like, 
Yeah, let maybe make haste. And uh, where are we supposed to be finding them others at? I'm sorry I, I busted off. Also, y'all want to help me get this guy? And he points to the one that's underneath of his foot. He says, he's still unconscious. Should we bring the dead people with us? Your your people? I asked Polly T. He looks kind of bummed out for a moment. He's like, honestly, at this point, we should probably try and clean them up later in the morning if we can. It's super dark out right now, and we're kind of sitting targets out here otherwise. If they know where we're located at, they're probably going to try and drop one on us. Okay, so I guess let's head out. Will Arlo ever get the chance to use Sandshot in his shotgun? Are Liblet and Bly Moons ever going to learn how to sneak quietly? And just what exactly did happen to all those missing minds? Find out the answers to some of these questions and more on the next episode of After the Bob, Pursuit of Knowledge. After the Bomb, Pursuit of Knowledge is a Real Play Games podcast production. After the Bomb RPG and Megaverse are copyrights and registered trademarks owned by Palladium Books and used with permission. You can find the After the Bomb role-playing game and all of Palladium Books' other fantastic RPG products at www.palladiumbooks.com. Additional thanks to Rally of the Forums of the Megaverse for additional concepts, ideas, and inspiration. Our theme song is Uplifting Ballad by the talented Alexander Nakarada and is used under extended license, which includes sync licensing. His wide range of work can be found at www.serpentsoundstudios.com. If you want to get in touch with GM John or the cast, please feel free to reach out to us via email at realplaygamespodcast at gmail.com, chat with us on Twitter at realplaypod, or check out our website at realplaygamespod.com. If you'd like to help support the show outside of listening, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash Pod. We appreciate your support.